the blast from our past network. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. This week, we're getting back into comics. We are covering a comic from 2020, and it is titled Pulp. Dean, welcome to the podcast. What's up and how's it going? Uh, it's going good, Tim. I'm, I'm happy to be doing a comic book. 2020. Is that, our, is that our newest thing, our newest release? Other than, of course, the new release section we have on Patreon. Um, like it's a newer release. Yeah, I don't know. 2020. I, don't think... I think that might be the, the newest thing we've done. Dean, don't make me use my brain and okay, forget it and search through forget it. Bad all question. episodes in my brain. Uh, let's just say it's some, I, I feel like there's something right around there. There's something close. Okay. Okay. Something cool. close, but okay, sure. Let's Anyways, just make, make it up. We'll just make it up and say, this is our most recent thing that we've ever done. Cool. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, dumb question. Sorry. We, we call it retro. <laughs> We're calling it retro. Well, Tim, the 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 story takes place in the in 1939. It's definitely retro. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the story is from a, a very long, a long, long time ago, when things were harder back then. When things were harder, they didn't have yet. the luxuries that we have now nowadays. No, yet it's still relatable. The stories are still relatable. Yet they seem to, in some ways, have more fun than we do now. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. It's argu- arguable. Yeah. Um, Dean, I wanted to keep things dusty this week. Oh, yes. And, so dusty. And I, I have been wanting to cover this comic since it came out. Um, yeah. And this just seemed like the time. And... While it's not an entirely dusty comic, it is 50% dusty. Yeah, it is 50% dusty. Um, it's the flashback Yeah, definitely. And, 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 it, and it starts off dusty. I think that's what the 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 most thing, you know, the, the thing that matters the most is that it starts off dusty, so you get in a dusty mood. Yeah, yeah, good call. It got me in a dusty yeah. mood. Uh, I picked this up back when it came out simply because of the team who's on it which is the classic duo of Brubaker and Phillips. And we have covered stuff from them before. Bad Weekend, Dean? Yes, I had one. Yeah, you had a bad weekend that that episode. Uh, Episode 79, anybody who wants to check that out. Then we followed it up the next week with Lawless, episode 80. So check those out. If If you like what we talk about in this episode and you haven't heard those, check them out. It'll be more of the same. Really great uh, group of guys here that work on this book. It's a nice short one. It's 76 pages. It's like two issues. Yeah. They've, they're, they're starting to come up with like these these short books. You know, the, the, this wasn't the only one. Um, also, Bad Weekend was pretty short. Yeah. Uh, there's, one, there's one called um, My Heroes. All of My Heroes are Junkies or something like that. My Heroes have always been junkies. I think it's, yeah, All of My Heroes are Junkies. I think you're right the first time. I don't know if there's um, a duo out there doing as much as, as these guys are doing that are as good. So they're just, it's just anything they put out is going to be top quality. 
It's going to have a really, yeah. really cool story. The art's going to be really great. And yeah, you're going to have a lot of fun with it. So you can't go wrong with Brubaker and Phillips. Yeah. I thought I thought this this comic, Dean, would make an excellent movie. I thought this was a great oh, yeah. movie script. I didn't think it would make like a better elongated comic. Like I think the two issues is really good because it keeps it really yeah. tight. But there's a full movie within this comic. And man, this this would be excellent on the big screen. Yeah, I think you you maybe cracked um how to adapt comics to movies two issues like there is just enough in this story for a movie and there's just enough like just enough you know so that like yeah. you said like that movie's going to be tight there's no need to stretch it out into a series there's no need to stretch out into multiple movies there's no need to skip anything and not have anything included yeah. and like combine characters and stuff like that it's all just there it's all perfectly there um this would be a great great movie i would love to see it yeah, so unfortunately that doesn't exist, but we're going to bring it to you right now in an audio version. <laughs> right? What? <laughs> the movie? We're in the comic. We're going to we're going to oh. we're going to bring it we're going to bring the book to life in, okay, in audio. Okay. Form. <laughs> I didn't get you, Tim. I thought you were going I thought you had a secret movie that you filmed and you were going to play that. I don't know. I don't know what I was talking about there. Sometimes I lose myself. It's been, you know, it's been a week. It's been a week. Hey, it's hot. Yeah. In the podcast. The madness studio. begins. It's hot. Yeah. It's very hot. I'll say that much. Um, published by Image Comics, my favorite publisher of comic books. Of course. What about you? Great. Is it yours? Uh, yeah, I would say, I would say Image Comics is number one, Marvel number two, DC number three. Cool. Okay. Nice. So Brubaker and Phillips, Dean, these guys teamed up on a series called Fatal, which is one of my favorite of all time. Mm -hmm. They started working together, I think, back in like 2006. I think that's when they started on Criminal together. And they're still working together today, which is really fascinating. It might have even been before that, because I think Sleeper was before that, and that was probably their first one together, I think. I don't know. That's that's something for the wrap-up episode to talk about. Okay. Are you taking notes or am I? Uh, a mental note. Yeah. Those are the one we, ones we always forget. I, no, I always remember. Steel trap up here. This, this brain of mine. Yeah. We'll see about that, Dean. We'll see about that at the next wrap-up episode. <laughs> um, listen, on colors. The ever-important colors. Yeah, I hope people understand how much I appreciate colors. I hope I've drilled it home uh, enough in these comic book episodes because I always try to. Colors are important, okay? Just as important as, as everything else. Words, pictures, there's colors, okay? I'm all, I, yes. I feel like I'm only doing this because people don't respect the colors enough. That's just the vibe I get from the world. Yeah. That's the vibe the world is giving. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so it's not just yeah. me then. Great. It's not just you. That's what the world, the world does not respect colorists. It's true. It's true. It's and been proven. To. It's been proven. Yeah. Colors on this book, Dean, this is this is awesome. I think this is awesome. Done by Sean Phillips' son, Jacob Phillips. Hell yeah. I think that's awesome. So cool. The rules. And yeah. great colors in this book. I'm a huge, huge fan of the color palette that was used. Uh, yeah. I want to call them... Arizona colors, because that's what yeah, it reminded cool. me of. Like all the colors 
that you would see in like the red rocks of Arizona. So shades yeah. of oranges, shades of reds, some yellows. My favorite, my favorite palette. I love it. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of that. Uh, big fan of that Arizona coloring in those pages because it was really rough. The coloring was like just kind of you know outside the lines kind of thing, just like uh, put on the page for the color, which really makes the color stand out because it's like oh, it's 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 actually you notice it. You know, you notice that the color is not perfectly on the person so you're like oh why is that and you kind of take take notice to it um so yeah i really like that yeah it was well done like the backgrounds are heavily textured yeah with also that that soft arizona color palette um the buildings and the characters and most of the other details are only outlines like black yeah. ink outlines yeah so the color just comes right through them and all except for like the main character, uh, this the Red River kid, he's got black pants, he's got a red shirt, but then his face and hat are also just outlines. So yeah. like it's a really interesting art style that you don't see very often. You don't see books letting the colors bleed from the background all the way through to the foreground. And it was really, really interesting. It's what captivated me. Um, about this book partic particularly. So I, I, I know I said I picked it up and read it because of Brubaker and Phillips, but yeah. it was also how it looked because there's a ton of stuff out there from that team that I haven't read yet uh, and a bunch of stuff I already even own that I hadn't read yet. But it was this this art style that really drew me into it. And I said, I, I have to read that. That looks so yeah. cool. So I, I picked it up and read it and man, yeah. Really great Excellent. art. And again, that style of art is only for about 50% of the book because it's all these flashback sequences from right. like the 1800s. And yeah. then the, the real, the main story or the current story is taking place in like the 1930s. So neat stuff, dude. That was very well put. That was a very good description of what was happening. I tried to do it and then you said it much more eloquently. That was well, thank excellent. You. I, yeah, I am I an really art. I enjoyed I, that. I, was an artiste in a, a, a an earlier time in my life. It shows. <laughs> Good work. I love it. Thanks. You explained Thanks. to me why I liked it. That's <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah. 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 Okay. Quick synopsis of the book here. Max Winters, a pulp writer in 1930s New York, finds himself drawn into a story not unlike the tales he churns out at five cents a word. Tales of a Wild West outlaw dispensing justice with a six-gun. But will Max be able to do the same when pursued by bank robbers, Nazi spies, and enemies from his past? So, wow, mm, it's an okay synopsis. I don't. I think they tried to make it sound more exciting than yeah. what comes through in the book. I think totally. What really hits in this book for me isn't really that stuff. It, it's it's a it's a lot more of like the relationships that are going on between the characters. Totally. Um, so I think that this this was a good way to like get someone to buy the book. But then eh, I don't know if this isn't the way that I would have explained it if I was creating the synopsis. No, definitely not. It's so flashy. It's so like blockbustery. Um, trying to get you there, you know, trying to trying to get you to pick up that book. I guess because if you wrote like "sad old man just wants a reason to die," people might not <laughs> read it. <laughs> yeah, sure. 
sure. just wants a reason to let go. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that was very accurate either, Dean. Saddled man. I, I think wants it's, to die. I think it's more accurate. It's more accurate. Wow. I don't know. Uh, how about uh, uh, downtrodden man? Okay. Uh, relives the glory days in a final effort to provide for his family one last time. Great. Perfect. I don't know. Something like that. Again, Tim. Again, Slash you saddle did it again. rider blazes the trail. <laughs> Excellent. Colon Nazis in America. Uh, yeah. I mean. Slash not- <laughs> heart. Heart. Bad heart. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Comma. Dust. Period. Semicolon. <laughs> racism. <laughs> Uh yeah. Okay. Ageism. Brackets a- ageism even. Ageism. Brackets a- ageism. Period. Okay. Um this is the time the time of the podcast where I think to myself, is anybody left out there listening? I know. Like, did they get through that? I don't know. I I I really think 50% of the time the people just drop off. They're like, here they go again. Yeah. That's fair. You know what's you know you know what's it's nice of them to come back for the next one That's even true. though they know they're going to get it again they still That's come true. back and then shenanigans happen and they drop off again they should just you got to listen you got to get past that that's like us yeah. getting over the hump of the episode we do it once and it, it's like we it's like us climbing up the stairs to a water slide and it yeah. takes us a little bit to get to the top but then we just throw our hands up in the air and we have yeah. just such a great time coming down the slide of and course. then we hit the pool. And we're swimming around, having a great yeah. time. We're about to yell we and head down the slide. <laughs> yeah, here right we go. Now. We're about to go we. <laughs> Stick around. <laughs> oh, fun. Great opening page. It's all black, except for a small portrait of a bloodied man. Along with the narration, I can tell you when it all started. On the day I almost died for the third time. But really... It's kind of a complicated story with lots of beginnings, but that's what life is, right? A bunch of beginnings piled up on top of each other. All the chances you had to not mess it up. So for me, this was like a really inspired opening page. Um, I just thought, how could you not be sucked in? And nobody who reads that first page is going to check out at that moment. They're in. Yep. This is this is what hit me so hard right away. This is talk about like having to sit down and you're like, okay, gonna read a comic now, gonna get into a comic. If you can get wrapped in that first page, you're just in. You know, you're in for the whole thing. And it's I mean, this one's easy to read in one sitting, but like you get wrapped like that, you're just stuck. You're stuck in this thing. And this page, I loved it so much. I love this new beginnings idea. Like this is this is how I think. Like I've had a lot of things. You know, in my life that didn't go my way. And the next thing is always like, here's my new beginning. Here I can do it right. I can do it right this time. And then you get to a point eventually where you're like, I didn't do it right. (laughs) I need what's the new beginning going to be now? You know, what's the new thing now? How am I going to start it over again so that I can have this fresh slate so that I feel like, okay, it's all good now and I can start again. I just really feel that. And uh, so this page hit me hard. Yeah, um, I really liked that his new beginnings all revolved around him almost dying. So it's like he almost got killed. And then that's the start of his new beginning. 
Yeah. Uh, cool stuff. Which is what you would do, right? If you almost died, you'd be like, sure. okay, got to change some things in my life if I almost died. Right, yeah. So we see it's New York. It's February of 1939. And the next three pages we get seem to be from a completely different comic book than what we're, what we're reading. And it's one that Max Winters has written. So this is the comic book within the comic book that's very dusty. And it's this old cowboy style yeah. uh, comic. Yeah, um, this, actually, this actually tricked me a bit. I thought I, I knew nothing about the story, nothing at all. I just knew yeah. like the cover and it was called Pulp. So I thought this was going to be the story. Like I thought that we, it was just going to be about this person. Same. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it really got me. I thought it was a, it was a neat uh, it was a neat trick at the beginning here. It was a good trick. Yeah. Um, so that whole story that Max has written here, it's about this guy called the Red River Kid. Uh, yeah. We see in in the comic here, he's he has a shootout with uh, a guy named Ace McCoy. He wins the shootout. And then him and his injured partner, Heck Randall, make off for Mexico in hopes of escaping the Pinkerton men and finally settling down to find wives, buy property, and raise cattle. And then we cut out of that comic back to New York, where Max Winters is talking with his editor about the comic that he's just given to him and his editor's reading. And the editor really likes the comic. He thinks it's great. Uh, except he wants to change that whole ending in Mexico. He thinks people won't right. care about that. Yeah. Uh, and he also tells Max here that prices are down two cents a word, and he can only pay him $120 for the comic. Sucks. Uh, yeah, Max is like, he's not happy about that. He needs the money. You no. can You, get, you yeah. get the uh, feeling right here that he needs the money. Totally. I mean, I... I would, if I wrote a comic and I handed it in somewhere and they gave me 120 bucks, I'd be super happy about that. But obviously <laughs> this is, obviously this is this guy's job and he needs more than 120 bucks. This story probably took him a long time. And uh, yeah, he's looking like he needed, he needed that full pay and he was not looking, uh, he was, he, can, he was not expecting this, uh, this pay to drop and to get uh, only 120 bucks out of this. I, I really like that he's written into here that these guys have retired because he's like they cut back and he's just this older guy and he's like yeah how about i just want to write about them as uh you know lives lives they have happen to have after the shooting and after being outlaws like what did they do after that they settled down and i just want to tell those stories i want to tell those nice stories and it's yeah. like you get to a point right where you're like enough of the action like let's just get to a uh, happy ending <laughs> let's let's write the happy ending and uh, yeah i like that his editor wants none of that no one wants the these guys to put their guns away no one wants to read that and uh, apparently no one gives a shit about mexico <laughs> he says which i also thought was pretty funny yeah i want to touch on that uh in a little bit and unfold that a bit more because okay, i think yeah. there's more Perfect. to that we just have to get yeah. a bit further uh but i like that um also i think like the problem with the two cents you know the the pay being down two cents a word is that he like made this comic book expecting a certain amount of pay Maybe sure, yeah. $160. That's what he's kind of agreed upon. So then he goes in there and the guy's like, I'm giving you 120 Well, that's not what was agreed upon, right? It didn't seem like there's yeah. this deal where it's just wages can fluctuate. He he wrote the story expecting a certain amount and then got shafted. So, but but yeah. you can see that he has no control in this situation. Not at all. So we see Max walking the streets. He's silently complaining about his editor when he stumbles upon a couple men bullying another man 
And Max won't stand for this. So we learned a little bit about his character here. He doesn't like to see people being bullied. He intervenes, gets in a fight, and has a heart attack. The guys steal the 120 bucks from him that he just made. And the narration tells us this is the third time he almost died. So that that kind of sucks for him. It Uh, sucks for him. Uh, I love when, you know, Brewbreaker, he can just write these... Uh, these heroes, you know, like these guys that are heroes that are just down on their luck, you know, it's just like they're just having the roughest time they could have. And he he just comes from a job that didn't pay him what he was expecting. He's walking home and he steps in. He's an old guy. Like he is old. He's in his like 60s or 70s probably. And there's people on the street bullying someone and pushing them around and he intervenes into that. No one else is. There's a ton of other people there. No one else is stepping in. He steps in. He gets beaten up and robbed, robbed of that little money that he had. It's just like, oh man, don't, don't do the right thing out there because you might get robbed. Like, it's yeah. just, I you love was... this guy so much after five pages. I thought he was going to step in and like help the guy out. No, he stepped in, got beat down, robbed and had yeah. a heart attack. I can't believe these guys robbed him. I can't believe they like beat him up and then robbed him. Yeah. Uh. So we get some more out of his comic book here, where we hear Red River Kid telling us about the first time he almost died back in 1982. So I start to pick up on what's happening here, which is that Max was the Red River Kid. And he's writing this comic about his life and experiences. And it took me a bit to get here. Um, the first time I read it, I definitely didn't pick up on it at this moment, but I think this is the first moment that you're meant to pick up on it. So I, I noticed yeah. it on the, the reread. Oh yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. So Max is released after one night in the hospital and he says for the first time ever, he feels old. He didn't have any money for a cab or a bus and he had to walk home. And every step he took, he said he could feel his heart pound through his body. So yeah, Mac, I like. Uh, go ahead. I, I just like the wake up call. That is uh, the first time you feel old is when you are coming out of the hospital from having a heart attack. Like that's just. Even though he was old, even though he, you know he he's an older man, he still feels young. You know he still you know he still feels like he could do the same things. That's why he stepped into that fight probably because he's just like yeah I'm. I can do this. I can stick up for this guy. And then you have a heart attack and you're like, oh, wait, I won't live forever. I'm actually pretty old. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he was scared. He said he was scared, too. He said he wasn't scared in the fight because he was fighting and it was like adrenaline and it hurt too much. But after the hospital, he's like, I'm afraid because I might die now. So Max gets home. He doesn't tell his wife about the heart attack because he doesn't want to worry her. He tells her he was mugged and he lost the money and that maybe he can talk to his work to see if he can pick up an extra story or two. His wife tells him not to worry about it and they're doing fine, but he's tired of just scraping by. And now, because of what happened, Max is very worried that he's going to die and leave his wife with nothing. So this be- this yeah. becomes a very big moment for him. Yeah, this is this is one of those one of those beginnings, right? You when you realize you're going to you could die. He hasn't thought about that before, but he's like, if I would have died there, what would I have left my wife? Nothing. You know, it's a very, uh, it's a very Walter White moment where he finds out, you know, he has cancer and he's like, I need to leave 
my family money. I need to figure out how to get the money if I die. Uh, so yeah, great, great moment in the, in the comic. So Max goes to his boss to ask for more work. And his boss says he already has a new Red Rider story and three more coming because he's hired his own nephew, Dean, for a penny a word to write the Red Rider stories. Dirty Bullshit. fucking dirty. Dirty. That's what this is. It's dirty fucking dirty. It's dirty fucking it's dirty. dirty. It's fucking dirty, yeah. dude. It's dirty. This is the ageism I was alluding to. It's not dusty because dusty's cool. It's dirty. Yeah. It's dirty. It's a, it's, it's bad, bad. I don't like this it. Is, I don't like it, Dean. This, no, I don't like it either. But this is Brubaker again, writing about character, not having full control over characters. Um, the other, like, Bad Weekend was the other story. And that was in the 70s, I think, maybe 70s or 80s. I can't remember. And then this one in the 30s, you know, just not really having control over characters that you created. Uh, it's a, it's a fun theme for him to, uh, to be writing about. Yeah, well, you know who else didn't like this, Dean? It was Max, because of he has chest pains uh, uh, after hearing that and has to sit down. Dean, Red Rider is not only his character, it's him. You can't, yeah. Nobody else can write Red Rider. It's his life. You know so, what? I anyway. never even really thought about that. That's a great point that just like now a kid is writing about his life, you know, yeah. like because Red Rider's him. Now he just like, that's the way he would see it. A kid now is just for a penny a word or whatever is writing about him. Oh, man. That would take anybody a heart attack. Yeah, I'm having one right now. Yeah, I I had a mild one. Just to think, just Uh, thinking about it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I didn't have anything. Yeah. Dean, I love, um, as as he gets these chest pains here, what they do with the words on the page, they make the word bubbles from the people like asking him, like, are you okay? Because he kind of like falls back and sits in the chair and they're asking, are you okay? You know, do you need any help? And those word bubbles are like half blurred out. You can't yeah. really read them. Um, and it's so perfect because that allows you to imagine like that, you know, I, and I've never had a heart attack, but like that, you can imagine there'd be that moment where like the world around you starts to kind of fade away. Yeah. And all that's happening is that you're like, oh my goodness, something's wrong. And you can't really focus on what people are saying anymore. So I just thought by just blurring out the word bubbles there, that got everything I needed to know across. Yeah, totally. It's it, it, the blurring out is just, uh, you know, the the focus. I think that's the key that you said that you can't focus on what people are saying to you. I've been, uh, yeah, obviously I haven't had a heart attack, but I've been in extreme pain before um, from doing like sports injuries and everyone's around you and asking you questions and telling and saying things. I've, I have no idea what anyone ever said in those moments. You know, you don't, you can't even answer them because you're just like, all you're focused on is how much your leg hurts or whatever it is. And you're just trying to figure out what happened. And if you're okay, you don't hear them at all. So I thought that was so perfect. I just, I, I like lit up when I saw those blurred out, those blurred out uh, word bubbles. Yeah. The last time you felt like that was when we uh, had our pool noodle lightsaber battle and it destroyed you. Yeah. You hit me so hard. You hit me so hard in the head and then you were asking if I was okay. Yeah. And you weren't, but, uh, you were down and out. You, you were, you, what you really sounded, you were just like, like, that's all I heard. I was saying, how did you like that? I whipped your ass. <laughs> right. That's, I thought you were I saying, said. are you okay? <laughs> no, no, no. She said, how do you like that, you wimp? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I got past you, Dean. So Jeremy's next. Hey, Jeremy, if you're listening, you're next, pal. Yeah. 
No, I'm referring to an epic our, battle. Uh, yeah, I'm referring to our New Hope episode where uh, we talked about pool noodle lightsaber battles. Check that episode out if you want more info. And also because it's a great episode. Yeah, for sure. Also a great movie. Ooh, yes. I, I hate to say it, but probably a better movie than episode. Oh, yeah. Tough. That's yeah, a tough I would to agree. say. I would it's agree with that. Say, but you can't. You got you to gotta go with that for sure. It's hard to beat that movie. If you there's got not, Tim, there's not many podcast episodes <laughs> out there in the world better than A New Hope. If you have two options to yeah. either A, watch the movie or B, listen to our podcast about the movie. Watch the movie. Watch the movie. Just watch, watch the, movie. the movie. Now, Dean, Max and his wife go out to a movie where Max is very interested when he sees a theater employee handing a bag of money to a security guard. Oh, uh-huh. maybe he could get that bag of money. I know. Pretty, I like that he easily. I like that he just sees a bag of money and he's like, Poh, I think I just solved my problems. He solved it. <laughs> There's I, a I, bag of money right there. I really love the lead up to this, this though, because he was in the theater and um, something came over him again and he was having chest pains and he had to yeah. run out to the washroom. He thinks he's going to have another heart attack. And he yeah. says he's never prayed to God before, but he is now. And he asks to live long enough to find a way out of his trap. Then yeah. he walks out and he sees that exchange. So he thinks his prayers have immediately been answered. Yes, but I love how he says it because he says, and I wouldn't say he answered my prayers considering the way everything turned out. So it's like, <laughs> you know, there's like this this cloud over the whole issue, like over the whole story as you're reading it, just like something bad's going to happen. You know, like even even if it's like going maybe the way we think it's going to like the way he's thinking it's going to go, something bad is about to happen because of things like this when it's like, oh, yeah, he asked for he asked for help. There's a bag of money right there. Great. But maybe that wasn't the answer to the prayer because of how things are going to end up. Right. But I would say ultimately, spoiler alert, that his prayer did get answered. His prayer did get answered. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it, it, his prayer did get answered for sure. So we cut back, Dean, to the Red River Kid comic where we see the kid starting to rob rich and undeserving people on stagecoaches. And Max is telling us that he really enjoyed it when it was going well. Yeah. So so as at at the start of this book as the narration's going, we don't really know that it's Max narrating. We think it's the we just think it's the Red River Kid and that's that's separate from Max, but now they really start to write it like with Max narrating it. It becomes very apparent totally. here that they are the same person. So you have Nack so you have Max narrating the older comic book, which was an interesting, it was a really interesting technique they did, like to fool you at first, but then yeah. sort of like subtly work in that, you know, and you can hear Max being the one talking about things when he was younger as the Red River Kid. It was a twist on a twist. And I don't know if that's ever worked. Like if, can you ever think of where they twisted on top of a twist and you didn't feel like it, it just like didn't really work. This works so perfectly because like at the beginning like i said you're just like okay this is the story the story is the story is this and then it's like oh it was just a comic book they really got me there and then eventually you get through it and you're like oh no that was the story that was the actual story i was reading it was just i it, they they fooled me again i love it i love the twist on a twist yeah um so max says here 
because of how much he enjoyed things back in the day when they were going well, he's not really surprised how easily he's falling back into that lifestyle now. Yeah. I like, I like that he loves the plan, the planning of it. He's like, just planning to rob that bag of cash gets him excited. You know, he's like, oh, I I love to plan it. Yeah, he said that was his favorite part, just planning. Yeah. Uh, So he studies this security guard for four days, follows him everywhere, and comes up with the plan. And he's about to go through with it. He's pulling the gun out of his pocket to rob the guard of the bag of money when he's stopped by a Jeremiah Goldman who Mm. Max doesn't know. And Jeremiah says, please don't tell me you're this desperate, then offers to buy him a drink. Great moment in the book. That th- this, is, this is a U-turn here for us. This is yeah. just like, we thought we were going one way, and now we're doing a U-turn and we're going another way. It's Exactly. It's so shocking. You think he's definitely going to be robbing this, and all of a sudden the guy breaks it up. And, you know, yeah, now exactly. U-turn's perfect. Now we're going a different way. And I love these pages because it's snowing. It's snowing on these pages, but they, like, the snow is basically just, like, the white space in the comic. It's stuff that they have left, like, uncolored. And I'm not sure if, like, that's usually how you do snow and make it work, but, like, it just looks so good. Uh, it looks it looks perfect like it's snowing out, even though it's just, you know, they, like, say their coat is brown, they're just not drawing in some white splotches on the coat, so it looks like it's snowing in front of the coat. Uh, very cool. That is my absolute favorite use of white is yeah, when you just totally. leave it as a negative space. Yeah. You don't you don't color your page and then color white on top. If there's something that needs to be white, you just leave it white. Yeah. But that's hard to do because you have to almost carve it out, right? You have to carve around it. You have to know what you want to leave alone and color the rest of it, but not touch those areas. So it's it's a very difficult thing to do. So when I see it being done, I really, really respect it and appreciate it. Totally. The recent Moon Knight run that we did, they did a great job of carving out white with that character and just leaving the negative space alone. It was done very, very well. Totally. Now, at this bar, Max and Jeremiah are getting a drink. Max pulls out an old wanted poster for the Red Rock kid right i thought that's cool so that's his real name the red rock kid max yeah. changed it to the red river kid right yeah yeah now as it turns out dean jeremiah is one of the pinkerton boys who hunted max 40 years ago wow now he had read some of max's stories and started to recognize some of the events in the book as being real events that happened and that he yeah. was a part of Cool. It's neat. Yeah, it's neat. I love it. Jeremiah tells Max he sought him out to help him rob the Nazis. And he tells Max there are Nazi sympathizers all over the U.S. And they're collecting and shipping money over to Germany. And he's tracked some down here in New York. And he knows where they're holding a cache of cash. Jeremiah says it's a way bigger and way easier score than the security guard would have been. And Max doesn't take much convincing. He's in. Yeah. And I like, it's kind of like a Ocean's Eleven type plan that he's got going on here where they're going to like rob someone where they knows there's money, but there's like 
no one knows that there's money there and then they're going to do it at a time that's really appropriate where there's not going to be like a lot of a lot of security there and the police are going to be occupied it's like it's like a perfect timing and no one knows there's money so it really reminded me of that and like knowing that max loves plans of course he's on board like he just loves the planning so you lay this thing out to him he's like oh this sounds great yeah and i love like the old timey dudes kind of getting back into it you know Oh yeah, for dusting sure. Off, dusting off their saddles, you know, and uh, getting back, getting back on the horse. I yeah, really like, like that in stories. Like, I'm a huge fan of old man Batman, like old worn yeah. down Batman. Oh yeah, um, wearing like mechanical equipment to help him continue to be Batman. One of my favorite, um, you know, versions of the Bat. Yeah, I'm waiting to see that in a movie. I'm waiting to see someone do it well. But I like the I like when the old guy comes back, you know, for like one last hurrah. And totally. we get two of them here, two of them pairing up together. They kind of don't have, well, Jeremiah seemingly doesn't have anybody else to turn to. And he, I guess he knows Max well enough from their past history to know that he would be like a great partner. Um, he'd be capable of pulling this off and also... He know, somehow knows him well enough to know that he will like want to do. Well, I guess he saw him trying to rob that guard, so he knew that he, he knows needed he's the gonna, money. Yeah. So he's like, he'll do it for that reason. But I, I really liked the dynamic of these two oldies here. Yeah, and the cool part of the dynamic is they used to be enemies. Like one right. of them used to hunt the other one. Jeremiah used to hunt Max, so they used to be enemies. But like they're both from the same time. They're both from the same world, and the like the times have changed so much over the last 40 years in this comic that it's like they feel like they're the only ones that still know about it you know still know about that world and lived through that world so they really bond over just being you know from the same time uh so it's it's a really cool dynamic yeah since you bring that up that was something that was really interesting to me in the book was how much changed in yeah. 40 years i guess it's about 50 but like he's the this this red rock kid in the yeah. 1890s where it's all horseback it's like you, you can freely rob people um and then 50 years later the world it's it's completely different they're in new york like nothing nothing seems the same between like the new york comic part that we're reading yeah. And the Red River kid part that we're reading. They seem like two completely different worlds. So yeah. the the idea that Max lived in these two completely different worlds, uh, it was almost hard to even like comprehend at times that this, totally. this was the same guy living in these two different times. Because if you look at us 50 years ago, sure, things were different, but not this different. You know, no. the the diff the main differences we have is just technology, like what our where how, where our technology has gone. But this was like this is so dramatically different. They've gone from horses to cars. They've gone from sparse, dusty towns to yeah. cities with skyscrapers. They've gone from a lawless time to a time where you can't get away with anything. It was really, really interesting. 
Totally. And like, even just like to hammer that point home, if you look at this 1939 part of the comic, I can see myself in here. Like I can see myself in this time. This really doesn't look different than us right now. And Correct. it's 80, 80 plus years ago. And, and, and yeah. And, but though their time that is 50 years apart or 40 years apart, whatever it is, looks so different. It's just such a, such a cool way to uh, show this gap in, in history and how it really, really evolved over this time. Yeah. I think it worked really great. Um, yeah. Kind of showing how his character became what he became, like because yeah. what what he knew and what he was good at, as the times changed, he lost that, and then he didn't really have anywhere to go, other yeah. than just to tell the stories about what his life used to be, and he yeah. can only get paid so much for that in, in the new world. Yeah, it's yeah, it's cool. It's cool stuff. Um. So Jeremiah and Max, they figure out the perfect night to make their move, and they do. And I love at this point, um, the New York art, the background color shifts back to the Arizona palette uh-huh. when they start to move in and mobilize against the Nazis here to symbolize Max getting back to the roots. I just thought that blew me away. I thought it was such a perfect use of the color in this book. Hell yeah, that is so cool. I just, I don't know if I picked up on that. I was just like, oh, it's nighttime, you know, but like, oh, just it's I'm nighttime, right but now. it's orange. Yeah, right? it's orange. I'm looking at it right now. It is, it flips back to that color palette. So cool when it's going to be all right. Let, when he's becoming the outlaw again. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So they break in and very quickly, Jeremiah is not following the plan. And it turns out there isn't even any money there, Dean. Jeremiah grabs some folders out of a safe and they rush off to their car. They get into a car chase and a shootout and we see Max's heart acting up again and then things go black. What did you think of this scene here? Oh, I love how it unfolds because the way they, the way Max unfolds it to us is very slowly. Like we don't know the precise plan that's supposed to happen. We don't know it step for step. We just know the general idea. And so all he's sort of slowly telling us, he's like, uh, Jeremiah isn't going according to the plan. You know, Jeremiah isn't following the plan. So at first I think, oh, he's just going crazy. Like Jeremiah's just shooting people because he's not supposed to. And he's just like panicking. And like, he's got this, he just like hates everyone in this room. And he's just like going, like losing his mind. But then we, we, we hear um, Max say, he has a different plan. Like, so he is precisely following a plan, but it is not what he told Max. He has a different plan and he's going for something else. And that is the the folder that he took out of the safe. He doesn't even care about the money. I just, the way this thing unfolded, just, it, it was great. It was so good. It was great because we're led to believe Max is, he's going to get something out of this, right? Yeah, for sure. And then he's left with, not only does he not have anything, but he had another heart attack. Yeah, I know. This guy, he can't Uh, get a break. It's just one thing after another, right? He just wants to do it for the money. All he cares about right now, this is where he's different than Walter White because all he actually cares about is getting that money for his family. Like he doesn't want it for himself. He just wants that money for his family. And this was his way to do it. He's only doing this thing. He's only doing this robbery for the money. So he gets in there and he's like, is there any money? Where's the money? There's no money at all. And then he has a heart attack right back to, he could have just died with no money again. Uh, yeah, oh, it's just it was a bad night for him. Yep, bad night. Now we're back to the Red River Kid comic here, where Red is telling us about when he went to Mexico and was able to settle down, and for a while things were good. 
He had a daughter and he was living life small and human the way it was meant to be until influenza came through and took that all away. That was the second time he almost died. Yeah. I love this part. And this is what I wanted to touch on from what you were saying earlier. Totally. We heard him trying to write Mexico into the story, but the editor said no. But he wants to write Mexico in because he did spend time in Mexico. And he's writing about his life events. And that was part of it. So that's why he wants to get it in the book. It's just he's telling his tale, right? But this is interesting because things are becoming a bit blurred because he hasn't officially written about Mexico yet. But we're seeing the Red River Kid story of Mexico. Totally, yeah. This is this yeah. is like this is another interesting technique where he tried to write about it. The editor said, "No, we we're not going to write about it." But now we're seeing those like written pages about Mexico. Yeah. So this is again, this is like a, an in- interesting technique where Max is thinking about it or or something, and they're just showing it to us. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Like you know, here we are in Mexico, even though. Technically, in the storyline, that doesn't exist because he hasn't written about it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like, is this exactly how he sees it in his mind? You know, like, is this the memory is like exactly how he can put it on the comic page? Um, Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty neat. Yeah, I think I think as Max is being sucked back into his old ways, he's starting to lose the person he is in the current time. I think that's what they're getting Mm. at here. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, And they're trying to get that across by showing us this Mexico scene. Yeah. Um, They're blending, like, they're blending realities together here. Yeah, and in the the final panel, the one where he says that, um, you know, the influenza came and took everything, he's not wearing the red shirt. Oh, I didn't notice that. That is the only panel he's not wearing the red shirt. So maybe that is, that's when he lost it. You know, that's when he's like, maybe that's when he's like, I'm not this, I'm not this red, red rock kid anymore. Hmm. You know, I got, I'm moving on now because that's when his, that's when the story's done. You know, that's when, that's when the stories could, the stories he could tell would be done. Interesting. Or maybe like that's his, his memory of it. And he's able to like artistically get his memories out so well in the comics that they look just like what his memory is. Yeah. But he draws himself in color and maybe in his memory of it, he's not in color. Yeah. Um, Right, right, right. So like, this is the, the memory part. He's not wearing the shirt or, and that's how they're getting that across. Like maybe it's all memory, but he colors the memories to make it a comic book. But since yeah. this one wasn't colored, it is just strictly his memory, but it's just strictly a memory. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So Max wakes up in a hospital with Jeremiah standing over him. Jeremiah explains there was no money. The money gets transferred through the banks. <laughs> Obviously the money, obviously <laughs> it's not 1890 anymore. There's banks, right? They'd make there's bank no uh, there's no there's no cash in in boxes or yeah. whatever the, in crates. There's no cash in crates that he was explaining to Max that they were going to rob crates of cash. It's, it seems so obvious now. That's not where people keep their money. <laughs> they keep it no, in the just, banks. They just do wire transfers. Yeah, <laughs> wire transfers in 1939. 
Yeah. But Jeremiah says he stole a bunch of ledgers showing the names of the people making donations to the Nazis. Yeah. He says he had to lie to Max because Max wouldn't have gone through with it if he knew the truth. Yeah. Max says nothing in those ledgers is going to make a difference because the monsters always win. Great line. Great line, yeah. And, and Jeremiah... I, like, I just I like that Jeremiah says you would never go along with it um, because it wouldn't be the same to you. And he says, like, because my because you don't have to live with the last name Goldman. So then we know that Jer- we learn that right. Jeremiah is Jewish, right? So that yes. this is a very personal thing to him. That's why he was going after the Nazis. That's why he just opened fire when he went in there. And that's why he wanted to steal this ledger. He doesn't care about money. He just cares about stopping them and stopping their funding. Um, so this is... This is something we got to learn in the story at the end that it was uh, it gave even more to Jeremiah's character. Right. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Jeremiah hands Max an envelope with a deed to a house in Queens and a bank account with $8,000. Nice. And, and we didn't touch on it, but earlier, Max, all Max wanted was to get a house in Queens for yeah. his wife. That, that's yeah. what he wanted to do for her. He was trying to earn the money to do that. Jeremiah gives him the house and a bunch of cash. Yeah. So this is why I think his prayers did get answered because totally, he, he yeah. asked for a way out of his trap. This is more than he ever could have hoped for. It's all legitimate. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. Jeremiah is giving it to him legitimately. Yeah, he doesn't have to be an outlaw. He doesn't have to be an, an outlaw after this. He gets it legitimately, and Jeremiah does hold up his end of the bargain. Like, he knows that Max was only in it for the money, and he actually delivers it at the end. That was a great moment for, uh, it was for great. Jeremiah to come through like that. Like, because Max is just, he's been so hard done by in this book. And we, we sure. felt like Jeremiah was doing that again to him with, with there yeah. being no money. Definitely. But, uh, again, like, Max is, I guess he's so stuck in the past all he can focus on is cash, right? Yeah. But maybe like that side of him hasn't caught up to the present where there's more to it than just like making 120 bucks or getting like cash in your hand. There's other ways to make even greater amounts of money. And Jeremiah knew how and was able to help Max out here and get him like a, a fucking house and eight, eight grand. Totally. Yeah. This really, this really worked because Brubaker like, doesn't always give his characters a win at the end. You know, totally. sometimes they get beaten totally. down and beaten down and they do not win. And yep. that's what just what I'm used to. I'm used to a Brubaker book. I open this up. I see this character. I see this down on his luck guy who like is trying to do the right thing and everything bad's happening to him. Um, I just, I see him losing in the end and he's talking about losing in the end. It's just what I thought was going to happen because I'm so used to that. And he wins. He wins in the end. He gets what he wanted out of it um and it that it just it really really works yep i totally agree great writing yeah so the doctor tells max after suffering two heart attacks in a week he could die at any time so max signs the house and the money over to his wife so that she's taken care of and max is having a coffee and reading the newspaper when he sees an article about a banker disgracefully being fired for supporting the Nazis. 
So those ledgers are already paying off. Yeah. They're already snapping people up who have been contributing to this cause. It worked right away, like another another win right away here in the paper. And he gets to feel proud of his his friend. He says, like, nice work, Jeremiah. Like, I told you that the monsters will always win. And you you did something about it. Like, you actually got it working here. And he's feeling forgiveness towards Jeremiah. Um, yeah. He wants to buy him a drink. So he goes yeah. to his house, but he finds Jeremiah dead. It turns out Jeremiah stood up for a woman at his apartment complex. And this is something they touched on a bit earlier in the book that we didn't we didn't touch on. But yeah, this girl Franny in his building was being abused by her brother. And Jeremiah stepped in to help her out here. And it turns out was killed by the brother and his friends for doing that. Yeah. Now, the medics who were on scene... They're like, oh, he fell down some stairs and broke his neck. Uh, but but Max like spoke right. with Franny. He knew what he knew what happened. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and I guess someone had to take a loss at the end. It's Brewmaker Brew Books. Someone had to take a loss. Yeah. Well, Max says, I love this quote. He says, In Jeremiah's yeah. apartment, I find everything I need for what comes next. My pistol from the night of the robbery, his sawed-off shotgun. And the map tacked up on his wall with the places Franny's brother and friends can be found. Great. That is so badass. It's He's so just badass. Like, it's just like he is going for revenge. Oh, yeah. He like this guy, this Jer- this is what I'm talking about. Their relationship. Max and Jeremiah's relationship. Jeremiah tricks Max. He uses him. Yeah. But then he rewards him. He he gives him more than he probably even thought he could ever get. And Max hates it while it's happening until he gets rewarded. And yeah. then he feels bad for hating Jeremiah during the time he hated him. But he kind of had to, otherwise he wouldn't have gone along with it. Now he wants to like get, you know, get into contact with Jeremiah. Let him know like, hey, I really appreciate that. He wants to thank him. Jeremiah's dead. Yeah. For some stupid fucking thing. Like he stood up for someone who was getting abused and he gets killed for that. Like of all the things Jeremiah is going to get killed for, he's robbing from Nazis and some like jerk ass brothers and and his friends are going to kill him. It's like so brutal. Yeah. Um, Same thing that that happened to Max at the beginning. He almost died for sticking up for someone. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice, uh, nice callback. Um, Yeah. So, so, like this is what's left, right? Max is like, yeah. no, you know, that's I'm not letting this happen to this person who was so good to me. And yeah. that's it. He's just like, I'm getting my guns, I'm going after them, and that's gonna be that. Yeah, and and I like that after his heart attack in the beginning, he said he was now afraid, and that's because he was afraid to die because he didn't have any, everything set up for his wife. Now he does. Now he has everything in his wife's name. Yep. He's got the house in Queens. True. So now I feel like He's not he afraid. is fearless. He's like, I can go in there and it cannot go my way. I can get shot, but that's okay because I'm set up now. Jeremiah set me up, so I'm going to stand up for him. Great point. Great point. So Max goes to the bar. He asks for Arnie. He finds Arnie. Says he's a good friend of Jeremiah Goldsmith, 
then blasts Arnie's head off. Yeah, like explosion, like clean off. Oh yeah, like no disintegrated, head left. disintegrated yeah. shotgun to the face. Yeah. Now at this moment in the bar, after just shooting this guy, Max comes to terms with the idea that he wasn't actually as good a person as he thought he was in his head. Right. He 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 wasn't like this hero that he thought he was back in the day. He realizes here, look, I was actually a killer. Like I was robbing people and people were getting killed. Yeah. He thinks that's why he survived so long. He says, because this world belongs to the monsters. That's excellent. That it is excellent. He's calling yeah. himself a mo- one of the monsters at the end. He is. Yeah. Um, but a gunfight ensues in the bar. Max shoots a couple guys before being shot himself. And we get a final full page of three men laying dead on the ground. One of them being Max with the narration of, anyway, that's how it all happened. And the end. Great. Great ending, bringing it back to the first page where we just saw his face. And he talked about, you know, having almost died three times before. And then we get to this last page where he is lying down all bloodied and just says, anyways, that's how it happened. Yeah, that was great. Like on the first page, you don't know who that is. It's just, no, yeah. it's a guy, a bloodied guy, you know, with silver hair. We don't know who that is. By the end, we realize, yes, that was Max. He was like yeah. telling us this story kind of like in his dying breath. Um, really, really cool, man. I, I really like loved the Max Jeremiah relationship. I wasn't expecting totally. anything like that in this book. Um, we didn't talk too much about it, but Jeremiah was the law enforcement that hunted down Max way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah even killed some of Max's crew. Right. And now here in this time in the thirties, they become friends. They, they fight on the same side for something good. And I felt like this was a chance at redemption for Max. Like this is a redemption story for me. This is, I guess, you know, it is a lot about him um, wanting to like give his wife something, like leave her with something. But also I think Max was in great denial about who he used to be. For sure. And I think he did a lot of bad things, um, but he didn't like, he didn't view it that way. And this was a chance for him to finally really do something good. Totally. Yeah. I, I, uh, I didn't think about that too much until now that like he, when he was talking about being an outlaw and robbing and doing all those things, he was like, felt good. Like I felt in the moment, like it was good and I can do this my whole life and this is what I should do. Yeah. He doesn't actually, and, and like the, the whole stories from his point of view. Right. So that's why I don't really get that vibe as I'm reading it. I'm just like, oh yeah, he's great. He's a great guy. He just had yeah. to rob. That's why he did it. But then, yeah. yeah, he comes to the, he grabs a gun and blows off someone's head at the end. Like he's not, he's not just a stand up dude. You know, he's in, he's in the deep here. You know, he's, he's into the, he's into the bad crowd. Um, and he comes to terms with it at the end. He comes to terms that he is one of those people in the world that is violent and that did the wrong thing. And that is, would rob, would rob someone, would rob a, uh, a, uh, armored car just to get money. Like he's that type of guy. And to him, that was fine. 
but uh you know he's he doesn't quite that, that that's not he's one of the villains you know he's one of the monsters in the world that's cool this is a redemption story for him coming to terms before he dies with his life yes exactly yeah cool yeah. very very cool now listeners if you're interested in picking up this book a new it's called a the process edition of this book is going to be released on July 26th. Cool. And that not only includes the entire comic in an oversized format, but also all the behind the scenes things that went on into creating this book. They're going to have notebook entries. They're going to include the entire script. Um, There's going to be like the penciling and the storyboards. It's all going to be captured in this one book. Um, this is something that I dream of. I dream of reading a comic and then having them show you exactly how they like went through the entire process and created the comic. I am for sure picking this book up. I cannot wait. Uh, I think this would be a a great piece for anybody to pick up. Who's maybe interested in reading this book and seeing, you know, how a comic is created. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, thanks, because I'm totally going to get that. This is not one that I have a physical copy of. I have a lot of the other ones. I have a lot of the, the like, Bad Weekend, uh, My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies. Like, I have all, I have those. I have, like, Criminal. I have all that stuff, all the Brubaker stuff I get in hard copy. But this one I never got. I never got around to picking this one up. Honestly, I think just the cover of, like, uh, Cowboy, you know, threw me off because it's not, yeah. it's not my vibe. It's not really yeah. what I'm into. So I was just like, okay, well, whatever. I don't need to get around to that one. But this was great this was probably the best one you know of the ones that they've been coming out with the the little um two issue things that they've been coming out with it's it's so excellent it's it definitely is in uh in my in my tops of theirs for sure yeah it's a really great story like it's great it's a great story man they really pulled out some cool ideas in this one yeah if you'd like to help support our show Everybody, please consider becoming a patron of Talking Back by going to patreon.com slash talkingbackpodcast. And if you sign up at any level you want, you'll receive bonus content. Uh, So we hope you'll uh, become uh, a part of the Patreon team. And also, now that this episode is done, maybe you're looking for something else to listen to? Huh? I am. I know I am, Dean. I always am. Always listening, always listening, always looking for something else to listen to. Always looking, always listening. Well, if you are, please head on over to the Blast From Our Past website at bfopnetwork.com and check out one of the other great podcasts in our nostalgia-based network. There's so much content over there. Man, I promise you, you'll find something you like. Dean, thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Hello! 
la la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. Thanks for listening to the episode, everybody. We wanted to let you know if you'd like to show your support for Talking Back, then please check out our Patreon page where you can join one of our membership tiers and unlock bonus episodes and more each and every month. Or you can check out our page at buymeacoffee.com slash talkingback where you can make a one-time donation of any amount or feel free to leave a positive review for us on iTunes. All three options are great ways to show your support for the show. That's it. We're done.